KYW Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. You know, it's tough to to stay with your relationships, you know, with family, friends. And I mean, I remember my girlfriend saying, you're still doing that coaching thing? You know, like, is it like, what are you getting out of it? And I was just like, you have no idea what it yeah. does for me. Like, you have no idea what joy it brings me. Even though I look, I'm exhausted and I haven't slept in how many hours. It's just, the, it's just something. It's just a love and passion that I've always had. And our guest this week, Bernadette Lakaitis, the head women's basketball coach at Division II Holy Family University. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Always love speaking basketball with you. <laughs> so as we are talking here, you are in the midst of your first season as head coach. To this point, I'm sure it will, it's been very successful. How much fun have you had here being the head coach at your alma mater? It's, it's really been such a pleasure to be back here. Um, so many people have welcomed me with open arms, um, starting with Tim Hamill, um, my athletic director, just has really been so, so helpful in my beginning stages of this process. Um, and then the team, uh, the community itself, um, just coming back with the alumni. I mean, everything just has felt so right um, in so many ways. And uh, it's been such a, a big decision for me coming back for my family, but also just coming back to the family that really has helped me start my basketball career, but also my coaching career. How much did it accelerate the comfort having it be Holy Family? The fact that you know the facilities, you might not know all the people, but you know enough people that you can kind of slide right in with a level of comfort. It was... I think the biggest thing that for me, the first time I went to like the admissions office, um, as I'm you know doing the recruiting this summer, there are people still there that when I was here. Um, so it's just such a family culture there, um, which is what I really pride myself in with the teams that I've been on and the different staffs that I've been a part of. Um, so for me, had knowing that that family culture is established within the university and with the athletic department, and you know then obviously going into the players and the parents, just everybody's just been so. The biggest word I say is all in, and it just has really welcomed me and my staff, um, and it's just been such a pleasure, you know, since day one. Now, you grew up in Northeast Philadelphia, correct? Mm -hmm. Growing up, what is your earliest basketball memory? When do you first remember the sport coming into your life? Um, Being one of five children, um, I I am the youngest daughter, um, second youngest, and my sister Trisha, my sister Jen, I played sports with them, um, you know, playing up with them just to make it easier for my mom even. Um, but, you know, the one thing is just being able to play sports with them as a young, at five years old. Um, that's when I fell in love with the game of basketball and um, having the opportunity to grow with them and learn the game through them and through their eyes and the competitions out at our Create basketball net out back. Um, just those little memories that I have have helped me be the competitor I feel that I am today. And also just understanding the passion that I have for the game. Um, they have helped instill me with that. And still to this day, my sister, I played basketball with my sister, both in high school and in college. And, um, you know, just knowing that she's with me now, I mean, has been traveling with me, has been every game just as much as my other family. So, I think those are my memories with my family, but then obviously getting opportunities with some great coaches that I've had um, just have showed me the way. And uh, it's just been such a great, you know, dream of mine to be able to do what I'm doing today and to be able to say that I am actually, you know, a coach at my alma mater right now is is such a dream come true. As you're growing up, because you're a coach now, you're a very good player. When does, when do you start to realize, aside from it being fun, that pretty good at this, uh, I seem to get picked more than the other kids. Um, more people are paying attention to me. Maybe I can make more of this than just, you know, playing in up to eighth grade and, you know, playing in the backyard. 
Um, I think the big things for me was, you know, size was not to my advantage. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I remember, you know, just different um, projects that I had in school of what do you want to be when you grow up? And when as soon as the dumpy ABA came out, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And it's all I ever thought of. But little five foot nothing of me always was like, okay, let's be realistic here. Um, You know, once I played in high school, of course, that was always a dream to play in college. And you know, I did play other sports, um, which was, I feel today, some of the girls don't have that opportunity mm-hmm. to just be able to do something like that, which I, I enjoyed playing softball and field hockey. Um, and I was probably maybe a little bit even better at those sports just because of my size. Um, but I think the one moment that really kind of did it for me was when I sat down with Mike McLaughlin, um, watching my sister play before me. She played a couple years before I got there. Um, and he sat me in his office and he said, listen, I see something special in you and I would love for you to be a member of our team. And that was my moment. Like, it was just like, oh, my gosh, really to play college basketball. And this and is at Holy Family. At Holy Family. I mean, to be able to follow my sister's footsteps while I've been watching her and her, you know, her teammates play and just saying, wow, could I really have this opportunity? And he was the one who gave it to me. He was the one who believed in me. And still to this day, him and I are such great friends and everything I've learned from him. But that was definitely my defining moment that I can do this at another level. You were a point guard. What? Did you enjoy about being the point guard? Did you enjoy having everything run through you and and kind of being the general out there? Oh, my gosh. That's probably the most the feeling that you get to be able to have people all eyes looking at you and saying, we trust you. Um, What do you want to do, Bird? Like, you know, even for me, defense was always my thing. You know, I wasn't the best shooter, um, especially at the older I got being at my smaller stature. So I knew I had to make I had to be special, I guess, as as a smaller um, player in different ways. So defense was definitely something that I held a standard to myself and to my teammates, um, as well as getting them the ball, making them better. Um, how can I create for them? What are the things that I can do? But more importantly, developing the relationship with, with Mike and just with any coach that I have had, I felt was so important to me because I was essentially the person leading the things that they wanted me to do on the floor. So just to have that responsibility in me and just being able to have people and lead people, um, that's what I've always wanted to do um, and just, you know, help bring them along with me. So being that point guard and, you know, having that type of control on the floor and just playing with that passion and wanted to hopefully see if I could make other people play with that same passion as well. So you went to St. Hubert's for high school and you had that conversation with Mike. Were there any other colleges in the discussion or once Mike says that to you, this is how it's going to go? There were definitely other colleges. Um, like I said, other sports as well. Um, you know, even it's it's funny, um, Keith Mandillo I go to Mercy, right. him and I always talk. I mean, really good uh, friends coaching, but um, just different local schools like that, Westchester, just different schools, um, just talking with them. And, you know, I remember recruiting you, and da, 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 but it was always Mike. It was always Mike. Um, but so it was really great to, to have, um, you know, my heart was just there. I mean, just like I said, watching my sister and everything. But there are definitely other schools um, talking with different levels for the other sports more so. Um, but Division Two was always kind of where I felt um, would give me the best opportunity. And, and definitely Holy Family was the place for me. So when you come on board at Holy Family, Mike is building a juggernaut there. Uh, to this day, I don't know. There was a there were a few years there watching Division Two Holy Family where I almost felt like it was the UConn of Division Two. Mm. You guys were that. It wasn't just the wins and losses. It was how I always felt like you took personal when other teams did well against mm-hmm. you. Like if they scored, just I'm talking scoring a basket. Like mm-hmm. it irritated mm-hmm. Mike's teams. What was that like 
being on the inside and building something that dominant? For me, just learning through the things that how he built his program, um, the little things. I, I think that's the biggest things I learned from him. The culture that you established, that family. Like I felt uh, all these girls that I played with over the years and have coached, they're a family to me. You know, so when you create a culture like that and have the opportunity to be a part of it as a player, f- truly feel it. I mean, those memories that I have for those four years that I was at Holy Family, and not just because of the winning, for all the other little things that we did from traveling you know, spending that time together, all the little things off the court made that journey that much more special. And I feel with Mike, um, when you play for him, you have to understand the little things are going to make the big things matter. So, yes. Yeah, so when a kid I was playing one-on-one went by me, I took it personal. Mm-hmm. Um, the accountability, you know, the standards, like those are all things right now I'm echoing with my current team. When you have those standards set as you as a player and then obviously continue to learn with him as a coach because you see it in a totally different eye. It's like almost that moment of like, oh, now I know why he was so hard on me. Oh, I understand that why he he picked on me in practice and made an example of me. Um, I think even some of our practices were even more, you know, competitive at times than our games were. So I think for that standard that he set for us um, and us as players, being all in and just saying, yep, we want to follow you, lead, lead, lead us, show us the way. And just the dominance of our feel our defense was made our offense that much easier um, because we loved playing with each other. But the defense, you know, was definitely held to a high standard. And I think that through all my years of coaching with him at Penn, um, being there, you know, through those years of coaching after I played into now, I feel that that has always been a true piece of the puzzle for every team I've been a part of. So when you come to Holy Family, you've obviously through your sister, you're familiar with the program, but the intensity, the competitive, was there an adjustment period? Was it overwhelming at first? And you talked about kind of being, you know, singled out as the point guard and stuff like that. Uh, did you have to work through some things? Oh, my freshman year was a learning experience for sure. Um, I think the big things are any, and I tell my fresh, you know, freshmen who are coming in, it's like, okay, conditioning. <laughs> And the physicality, I think, the speed of the game. Those are definitely things that for a freshman, when you first walk in, you just kind of step back and say, oh, okay. All right, this is what it's like to play with the big girls. Um, I think when you have that understanding, you have the support of your teammates and your coach to be able to walk you through it, talk you through it, but challenge you through it all. Um, Those are definitely the things that I needed as a freshman. Um, You know, obviously the big thing being a student athlete, handling the academics, you know, so those were all things that when I came in, it was a really tough adjustment for me, sister being there and everything that. But with that said, Holy Family gave me the resources that I needed. Um, and I feel that when I got those resources, I understood what it was all about and me able to adjust to it all. It just kind of blossomed and shot off from there, you know, going to Dean's List and things like that. You know, by the time I graduated and obviously falling in love with, with teaching, which I really feel like I'm doing right now. Um, it just was one of those things where, like I said, Holy Family was definitely the perfect fit. And so was the coach. When you think back of your time as a player, you guys had a lot of success. What are some of the games, moments that come to mind? I mean, for me, I feel, um, you know, going to the tournament every year was amazing. I think that was definitely something that we strived for. And for us to be able to do that every year was really special. Um, I think moments of us being number one in the nation my sophomore year, you know, just like, wow, did that really just happen? Um, Just little moments of beating, you know, the big teams of the sciences and just, you know, just having those moments that, you know, just 
help you just to say, okay, we got here. We're doing, we're, we're staying with the people who are here before us. Um, so there, there, there's not many one, one game scenarios. Mm-hmm. Each championship had its own special um, feeling. Um, but I think for me doing this with my teammates each and every year, new teammates, those who have left and come back to watch us do it again, those are the special moments that I'll, I'll never forget. How much does the player you turned out to be, is that based in the fact that you grew up in a big family, you grew up with people that you played with, and the competitiveness and stuff like that, how much is that ingrained from seven, eight, nine years old to when you're a college basketball point guard? Oh, are you kidding? (laughs) Family parties are literally, and it still goes on today, who's the best athlete in the family? So... Um, the battles go on. You know, my brothers who are football players and, you know, obviously they played basketball in their own respect as well. And my brother still thinks he should be the shooting coach for my team um, to my sister saying, you know, her being the better athlete out of the two of us. I mean, we just have fun with it. But I mean, if it wasn't for them, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. I feel that um, they even just their belief in me coming in and watching me coach, you know, just watching them over there, just the support I've always had. Um, you know, I was always the younger one that wanted to be like them. I was mm-hmm. always the one that was looking up to, you know, up to them on how can I be more and more like them? Because um, they all played with that same grit, that same love and passion. And our our battles out back were probably the best I've ever have come against. Um, and they never let up. You know, it wasn't like let, let little burn go. You know, I mean, they made me the toughest person that I could be. Um, but yeah, it definitely instilled in me you know, that I want my my children, my players, you know, to play that same way. So it has helped me tenfold to be the best person and player that I am today. I think I probably know the answer to this. And you mentioned teaching. I know you did, did some teaching. Was coaching always something, whenever I'm done playing one way or another, I'm staying in the game? I felt as my senior year, um, Mike and I really got a very close relationship in regards to where there were times that on the side, I was like, all right, you want to run this, right? Okay, you want to, okay. And like we, it was just, we knew each other, mm-hmm. so like we were thinking. Um, but the very last game I had in nationals, I didn't want to take my jersey off. I, I slept in my whole uniform. Um, Mike had called me into his, his room and was like, sat me down. He goes, Burn, I just want to let you know, um, this has been amazing for years, but I really wanted to tell you I want you to be on my staff. I never sobbed so much in my life because – did I think of it? Sure. I think I definitely was like, oh, this would be so cool to do this one day. Um, but you always hear the stories of how hard it is or how do you get in? How do you get your feet in and just knowing people and networking mm-hmm. and all that stuff? You know, I was like, I, you know, being a teacher was my was another passion of mine, just kids, children, working with children. Um, but what that moment he said that to me, I, I, I remember it fondly of just going like, wow, another opportunity, you know. Um, and opportunities come every day, but it's how you take advantage of them and seize them. And of course, self-doubt comes in and can I really do this? Can I really do what I'm doing? You know, like, but, but it's somehow, some way it just, just became this, um, you know, just continued to grow our relationship that we had established my senior year. And I felt that it was natural. It almost felt like it was just the right, the right thing to do and the right place to be. So you, you go on staff and I think what a lot of people don't realize about Division Two, II, Division Three, you're mm-hmm. an assistant coach, but it's a part time. Yeah. You've got to hustle to make a living so oh, that yeah. you can afford to do what what you love. Mm-hmm. How difficult was that? Because you did some teaching, yes. you were a teacher, mm-hmm. and then coaching. So, yes. what is that juggling act like at twenty two, twenty three, twenty four? Well, um, you know, and and obviously, you know, the big thing is is and it's never about money. I think what some people need to realize is even just. I'm even speaking for my fellow coaches that I have now. 
um, just a thought process. And Mike was always great with this, but I was running from class, you know, from school being done at three or three thirty, literally changing in the car, you know, to getting to practice so I can be ready, focused and ready to go to games, you getting off all that kind of stuff from, from work in order to go to games early, that kind of thing. Um, so it was definitely a lot of hustle and bustle recruiting all those different things. Um, you know, it's tough to to stay with your relationships, you know, with family, friends. And I mean, I remember my girlfriend saying, you're still doing that coaching thing. You know, like, is it like, what are you getting out of it? And I was just like, you have no idea what it yeah. does for me. Like, you have no idea what joy it brings me. Even though I look, I'm exhausted and I haven't slept in how many hours. It's just, the, it's just something. It's just a love and passion that I've always had. Um, and so to do it at a young age, like I did to learn what it takes and the tireless nights and calling your recruits on the phone. And, and I think the way Mike does it is, is different than some other coaches and the amount of, you know, hustle and bustle that you do do. So his work ethic that he instilled in all of us coaches that have coached under him, which a lot of people who played for him are now coaching today. Um, I think those are the things that for me, my first few years, you know, knowing I wasn't getting paid, but the experience that I had is priceless. Was it a challenge at all? Cause I mentioned you're 22, 23, 24, that, I mean, you had kind of a position of authority as a senior and a point guard and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but was there difficult at all? Now you're a coach. Do you, are the relationships with some of the kids you've been playing with and sure. now all of a sudden you're a coach, did that present any challenges or was that relatively seamless? Um, I mean, it definitely had its challenges here and there, um, you know, to go from literally a player into coaching next year with girls that you've hung out with right. outside of was definitely difficult. Uh, I would lie if I said it wasn't. But at the same respect, understanding and knowing what it takes and how the relationship can still be, but now at a different way and a different level. And I feel like my senior year, I established a relationship of respect with my teammates, you know, where we could challenge each other, but still be best friends off the floor, you know, challenge them. That's your rebound. You have to get it. Or, you know, and those are the things I talk with my players about and them struggling to find out how to be that way with each other. You know, I think in female sports, that's always a difficult thing. Um, just trying to find that happy medium of challenging your teammate. But if you have that love and mutual respect for each other, you can challenge them in multiple ways. So I felt that, you know, my first couple of years, I did kind of sit back because I wanted to absorb everything. I wanted to just take it all in from this perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, you know, Mike definitely was like, burn, take this drill or burn to this. And there was a moments of nervousness. But then as each day and each practice and each month um, and each year went by, I definitely got more and more comfortable with that voice and having that type of authority and the respect factor that they have. Because I feel like I definitely established it as a captain and as a, a senior and leader on the team. And it definitely helped me going into being a coach right out of school. How long along the path at Holy Family do you start thinking about the possibility of one day having your own program? I was content um, almost to a fault. You know, I'm such a Philly girl at heart, and I was definitely, this is where I am, this is where I'm meant to be. My family's all still here. Um, I'll never forget my eighth year. I just had my child, my first child, which that was another scary transition in my life of, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. I really Should I really be somebody's mother right now? Um, with the craziness, I can't even handle running around as it is. Um, but there was just something in me that I was like, I need to be a mother right mm-hmm. now. I need to do this. And, you know, moms and coaching, I continue to give all the credit in the world to all each and every one of us. Um, for some of the things that we do, um, the sacrifices that we do. Um, but Mike, the family man that he is, the family culture that he continues to establish, not just with our team and players, with our staff, um, was like, do it. You need to go out on your own. Go spread your wings. I was like, really? Wait, I can't. No, wait. So there were different 
things that had come up and that I didn't even know about because I wasn't even looking for them. He said, go, 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 go do this. Get the experience, do what you got to do. Go do this, go do this. And um, Cabrini came about and that's kind of where um, I, I, I just had a child. Like I said, I just had a child. I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was petrified. Um, and then just with the help of the, the coaching staff at that time, um, just gave me, once again, the confidence that I needed to go and see if I can really do this thing by myself. And, um, you know, as hard as it was leaving my, my love and passion for a school that gave me so much, um, I was like, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I going to do it? Right. So it was definitely was the little nice little push from, from Mike and the staff. But, um, overall my, my husband at the, you know, um, my family around me, it was like, you can do it. We, we got your back. So it's 2008. You get the job at Cabrini. Uh, good program. You're not you're not going somewhere that's yeah. been in disrepair for a decade, and you have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. But still, want to put your stamp on it. When you come in, what it what are the first few weeks like? Is it a million miles an hour? Beyond and beyond. But once again, goodness, I've been so blessed with people. I, I truly believe people make any situation better. Um, just having, just being able to come in. Well, first of all, Bobby Morgan, who, you know, who had left and totally just said, here, let me help you through this. What do you need? You know, um, Kate Pearson, Kate Brangeli, you know, now who is there now currently was on staff with me there. I mean, she was a huge piece of helping me through that. Um, so once again, people and the people that were there, um, you know, like I just feel that when you have good people that will support you through, you can do anything. I mean, my family with my child, like, how am I going to do this? I can't do or You know, who's going to watch Joey? And um, my husband, good, good. I, I, I just I feel like I just had so many amazing people around me. But, you know, once the dust settled and once I was able to just kind of say, OK, I got this, you know, establishing, a, you know, good people staff wise around me and the girl, once again, another great group of girls. I mean, like just the, the types of players that I have coached over it was 20 years of coaching has been uh, beyond my wildest dreams. So that definitely helps as well. Time to take a break on one-on-one. We will have more with Holy Family University women's basketball coach Bernadette Lakaitis right after this. It's the smart look at the issues catching fire in Philadelphia. Flashpoint. What we have is a crisis. This goes way beyond just the perpetrator. You know how many times I had stopped people in front of my house from shooting up? It was a moment where black and brown people on the margins got to say, no, we've been hurting. I think we forget that you came from somewhere else, too. Host Cherry Gregg walks you through the flames. On air Saturday evenings at 9.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30. Or search the Flashpoint podcast on the Radio.com app. And we're back with Bernadette Lakaitis, the head women's basketball coach at Holy Family University. So you go 23 and 5. What's that like? First time in charge of a program and to be winning at that level, you take that team to the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's impressive. It it was an amazing year. I mean, I I went into it once again, just trying to like stay very... um, you know, no no expectations on me, no expectations on the team, understanding they had won um, previously and, you know, just saying, okay, we got to do this together. Well, how are we going to do this together? Um, from, you know, our St. Thomas tournament that we hit earlier that year, just so many things that had happened and, and a lot of bumps in the road. I mean, and good bumps. I think just learning about each other, learning how we can do it together. Um, that team, once again, just found a way to come all in and believe. Um, it was such a pleasure coaching that team, but once again, being there through the type of family culture, once again, that they had through that athletic department, um, you know, Joe Junta, Jackie Neary, just people that have 
just really were there for you. Um, really helped me say like, well, I can really do something special here. Um, so that was an amazing year, a special year. Um, but it definitely helped with having those people surrounding me. Were you comfortable early in the season after being an assistant for so like, is there a transition to when you're on the sideline that wait, wait a minute, I'm the <laughs> yeah. one that has to step up. I'm the one that has to give the ref grief. Like, was there, did it take a, a little bit to get comfortable used to that? Oh, without a doubt. Even rotations. Um, you know, Kate definitely helped with that as well. You know, just as like, you know, and the one big thing I feel, even with my staff now, I felt communication was key of like, hey, guys, let's talk. Let's make sure we help each other through this. You know, just having that that overall communication of, hey, let me know what timeouts, things, options, what you feel. Out of timeouts, having that great communication. I was just want to learn every day that I was out there. You know, I made a ton of mistakes. I still do. You know, and, I th- and I'm going to continue to do so. I think learning the game and just absorbing every situation, how I could be better next time. You know, so I think as each game went on was a learning experience. As each game went on, I felt, you know, I learned so much from my assistants, from the players, just the overall, um, you know, opportunity that I had to just absorb that those first, that first month or so to say like, yeah, um, I have to make the call now mm-hmm. or wait a minute, you know, because usually it was down the line to right. get to the head coach. Um, but even in practice, you know, um, the one thing I felt helped me was allowing my, you know, assistants to be able to, you know, make some of those, um, you know, doing the drills and not hearing from my voice only. So I think that all, you know, the delegation is probably the biggest piece of being a head coach and learning that, you know, it's okay to not do it all yourself and how you can just allow that all to, to be had by, by everybody on your staff. Um, so those lessons definitely came along the way. Um, but once again, people just helped me through it all. So you're there a year. Mike McLaughlin gets hired at the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Is there talk before Mike takes the job? Hey, if I do this, are you interested? How do you eventually become one of his top assistants at Penn? How does that yeah. transition go? Well, Yes. I mean, conversations. I mean, I, th- I think the big thing is, is we've always joked about it. Um, we were at Holy Family. Oh, one day. Could you imagine if we X, Y, or Z, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and those types of things, you know, we've always just, you know, dreamed about and talked about, um, you know, and I think for us, when that happened and I got the call from him, my stomach, like just, there was a, a, an overwhelming <laughs> feeling of emotions um, from one extreme to the other. But wait, I'm so happy here. This is finally my program. But wait a minute, it's Big Five. It's Philadelphia. I don't have to leave. When when else am I right. ever going to get this opportunity? And just talking with so many people during that time to help me figure out, is this the right thing to do? Um, you know, it was, there were so many things, you know, leaving players and having that responsibility of taking care of people that, you know, you have developed such a great bond and relationship with. Um, that was the toughest thing for me, going in that that room to talk to them about, my situation, what was going on. And the first thing that they say is like, do it. You know, you got to do it. And then just in one hand saying, we respect you for this opportunity, you know, but at the same time bawling their eyes out because we know we just did something special and we wanted to do it together again. So that definitely was something that was very tough for us, um, for myself um, as a coach, but even just understanding this process and the opportunities that were in front of me, um, it was definitely a double-edged sword of, of what was the best thing to do. So I talked about you take over at Cabrini. You're taking over a very good program. You had a ton of success at Holy Family. You take over at Penn. It's a big five. It's a legacy program. It's the Palestra. 
but it had before Mike comes on board, it had kind of bottomed out. Yes. What is that like for you <laughs> who has enjoyed success at the highest level as a player, as an assistant, as a head coach? Mm-hmm. I would imagine you probably you lost more games yeah. in a month than you probably <laughs> lost in a couple years prior yeah. to that. You knew what this is wasn't a surprise. You guys had to start basically from scratch. But sure. what was that like, even knowing it was supposed to be like that to deal with day in and day out? Well, with that year, um, we had a lot of talks heading into that year. Um, and, I, and I think for me as a coach, that was probably one of my most influential years. I, I feel that a lot of the lessons that I learned, and it wasn't even, it was just through our players. Um, I use that team. I use that situation a lot. Um, you know, because anytime you start a program, it's, how do you start from here and get to there? Um, that team taught me so much about heart. That team taught me so much about just that willingness to grind and learn every day. Those practices are probably practices I'll never forget. I actually remember um, we actually took one of the writers um, for the Daily Pennsylvanian because the one thing Mike had said, he said, okay, we may not win many games this year, but we're going to win. People are going to know what we do every day and how special these players are. So we actually brought in um, one of the writers to come into one of the practices and be a part of practice. Hey, this is what these girls do every day. We may be a number two and 26. It's not about wins and losses. These girls are student athletes. This is what they do. And this is how they grind every day. Well, he practiced and he was sore <laughs> and he and he realized just how much these girls work. I mean, just their work ethic and, I mean, relentlessness of being there day in and day out before and after practice, just wanting to be better. I think they learned a lot that year. I know I learned a lot as a, as a coach and just the true like understanding of what it takes to win and just to be better. And I think that year taught me so much and humbled me as a coach and just understanding that, okay, this is going to take work, but you know what? We can do it together. Where do, and you mentioned just two wins that year, but where do those two wins rank on <sighs> The list of yeah. your career, because you mentioned how hard you had to work and did it also. And I don't want to ever say that you took success for granted, but does it really ring that bell that, man, that what we do at this high level, it, it's something. So our that first win was New Year's Eve that year. And I'll never forget it. And our girls on the team were like, act like we did this before. Act like we did this before. Um, but I mean, those seniors were just the elation in that room, pure elation, could it could have even probably superseded some of the elation that we had some of our players in championship wins because of how much work it was to do what we did. And to be a part of that with them and just to, to be able to celebrate those type of wins, yeah, I mean, it's probably definitely in my top 10, without a doubt. Um, but, I mean, just knowing how much and how special it was to them and just to our program, just to be able to start somewhere, um, th- those wins definitely for sure um, are up there with my top 10 for sure. When do you start to feel the the the, the seesaws coming back the other end and we're getting to where we all expect one day to be. Was there a moment, yeah. a game when you start to feel like, all right, maybe you're two, you're three, like it, we're on the right track. We're going to get there. I feel, um, you know, when we had an opportunity to start winning games in league, you know, and obviously then, you know, games in the big five, that 
was a huge turning point for us. I feel that um, when we get an opportunity to play some of these, you know, these these high level teams, you know, with obviously Princeton being a standard, um, you know, once we got there, I think winning anytime you can win against them or the Temples or the Villanovas and, you know, those type of teams definitely set that precedent and that mark for us. Um, so I, I feel when we had a chance to start getting that number from 30 point deficit to the 12, to the 15, you know, to, to just working our way up there and then, wow, doing it. I think that definitely first win against, you know, Princeton just marked it for us all that we can do this, mm-hmm. that confidence builder. Um, but then also, you know, some other great teams in our league, you know, from the Harvards and just getting those those wins, just accumulating over the years, just saying, okay, we can do this, we believe. So once you start getting the girls to say that and see that, there was no turning back from there. Was there tough? We talked about, you know, dealing with the the struggling and the wins losses. But after a year, I would imagine about halfway through that first that year as a head coach at a Caprini, you finally get comfortable with being <laughs> the head coach. And then you go back to being the assistant. Now it's with Mike, so there's a it's not like you're just an assistant right. on Coach X's staff. But did you have to kind of readjust again? Were there ever moments where you were ready to jump up? You're like, not my role anymore or anything like that. Uh, um, absolutely. You know, Mike and I the one best thing about it is we can communicate with each other, you know, um, and just have that understanding of what our roles are. Um, so Mike does a very good job of that, you know. So adjusting myself, there definitely was an adjustment, even in practice settings and stuff like that, where I did, you know, want to make sure that I took a back seat at times. Um, but once again, the best things about him is he does let you be who you are. Um, so I felt that my role, you know, it was kind of weird, you know, when I, when I was, I was young when I was assistant with him and then, you know, then I'm now a mom, you know. So the one fun thing was I was like the mom away from mom <laughs> as an assistant there. So having that role was great. Um, but just within practices and games, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to lie there. I did stand up a lot. <laughs> I was very involved. Um, that's just my nature. But I mean, I think he respected me for that and understood, um, you know, how to communicate with me if I did, um, you know, kind of go out of line if, if there was a time. But I think just that understanding of roles was definitely established and, you know, hopefully you'll say the same, but I, I definitely feel we had a really good relationship in that respect. So how much fun is Penn? I mean, you're having success, but also with Princeton's dominance to have a, a an opponent, a rival of that level that you guys, once you get to the point that you're really good, that, I mean, those become must-see games every year. Well, um... I know it. These games, there's nothing like it. Like the rivalry that sets up of the the practices leading into it. There's another level. I mean, there's just no stopping it. I mean, you know, obviously we always treat every game, you know, the mm-hmm. same. You know, as coaches, we present it that way. But you know how the girls are. Um, even ourselves as coaches, sometimes you know you want to watch as much film as you can, almost to exhaustion. You know, you just prep and prepare. Um, there's something special about the Ivy League. I think that just the league itself, the coaches that are in that league right now, goodness, it's it's amazing to just to even be a part of it and witness it the way we did and just how the process and the journey went for me, my time there. Um, it was really amazing to watch these kids battle and the amount of, I don't even want to use the word, but perfection almost that you had to have in those type of games. I mean, every play, every possession mattered. 
um, just because of the standards that were set for both teams. Um, like I said, just respect to all the other teams also in the league. But there's just something, you know, we we're so close travel partners. There's just so much to the storylines of it all. But that, and you know, I mean, that, that, that 2014 game, that championship, I mean, just that recruiting class that we had to be able to leave with that. I mean, that, that's, the, I mean, we talk about moments and memories that you have. I mean, those are the types of things that you play the game for. Um, but they, they're really, in my time of coaching, you know, you have, of course, all these things that we were a part of when I was here with Holy Family and Sciences and Jefferson, just all those games. But, I mean, there's something about Philadelphia basketball, the Big Five, Ivy League. Um, but, you know, I mean, Princeton, Penn, I mean, you really can't get much better than that. How long does it take you specifically? You mentioned all the NCAA tournaments at Holy Family, and you guys have gone several times with Penn. How long does it take you to process a season and kind of get through it until you're ready for the next one? Are you able to, no matter how heartbreaking or frustrating the end is, are you able to kind of get up the next day and go, okay, and focus? Or do you need a a week or two or however long to kind of just let it work its way through and then be refreshed for the upcoming year? Yeah, um, you know, there's definitely grief, like grievance time of certain things. I mean, in so many ways. I mean, whether it's ways that the game went and, and the, the heartbreak you feel for not only, obviously, like all the hard work you feel you put in, that's so secondary to these players that you're watching and the emotion they have because you had that same emotion at one point in your time and you know what they're feeling. Um, you know, I think when you are coaching and the one thing I learned from Mike was – you really have to enjoy the journey that you're going through each and every part of it, every every minute of it, every second of it, every game, every practice, because before you know it, it could be over. Um, And I think those are the things that we try to instill in our players because the journey itself is sometimes more special than than the destination and result. You know, I think if you can try to stay in the moment as much as you can of those games. um, And then obviously when it does finalize and is over, you don't say, oh, I wish I paid more attention to X or when we did this or when we did that. No, you were in the moment during that time and you can really just cherish each second. Um, and then obviously when it's done, you know, then you can have that, you know, elation and grievance, whatever you want to call it, of those things that have happened um, with whatever way your your year finishes. But it's definitely difficult, you know, especially if it's on a heartbreak loss like some of them have been. Um, but I think, you know, just remembering all the really great times that you had with the players and the, the definitely special things you did along the way. You enjoy recruiting? I do. I think recruiting, you don't get me wrong, there's definitely times when you're exhausted. And I think one of the things that I struggle with is missing family. Um, that was one of the reasons this move and change for me, um, you know, was about my family. You know, I have two children, 11 and 8. Um, you know, they're getting into starting to play their own games and mommy wanting mommy there. Um, so recruiting can have its challenges in that respect. But when I'm in the moment, once again, staying in the moment, when I'm there, there's nothing like finding that diamond in the rough. There's nothing like seeing how this one kid could fit, you know, into the puzzle that you're trying to create. Um, when you try to strategize with, you know, another coach or, you know, things like that of, of trying to find that next player, especially in the Philadelphia, you know, it's such a great pocket for talent. Um, but just trying to, you know, recruit those players. Um, it's definitely has its challenges, but I think it is fun. I think I do enjoy it. I do enjoy, you know, finding that, 
that kid. Um, so, so recruiting definitely, you know, certain times you could probably ask me tomorrow or, <laughs> or in July, I'll probably have a different answer for you. But I mean, for the most part, and, and another great thing about recruiting, especially one of the bigger tournaments things you get, you get to see people that you haven't seen or just talk to them about their year or just catch up with them. And there's so many wonderful people within our network of coaches. Um, a lot of girls that I've coached, um, girls, people that I've met along the way, different coaches I've coached against and just getting a chance to hug them, say hello to them, um, how their families are doing. You know, I mean, thank God for social media and Facebook and, and Instagram and, and Twitter, but, um, just a one on one really gets to see them too. So the recruiting circuit itself can be really, um, really great in those respects, um, cause I am such a people person. Um, but at the same time, it definitely has its challenges with family. How long did it take you? Cause you mentioned, you know, finding that diamond in the rough. One of the things that always amazes me about recruiting is someone who has watched thousands of basketball games. I can tell you who's good, but the ability I could sit next to you and you would see how this player, this player, and this player mm-hmm. might be good, but they don't fit what yeah. I need. How long did it take you to be able to identify not just the good players, but the, how a player will fit into the puzzle of what I'm building? I think when you can get in, you know, like as an assistant, um, for me, you have to almost get in the mind of the head coach. You know, you have to, and I think that's the one thing with Mike and I having such a great relationship that we did, um, knowing what we know and what we want, he wants and what we need. So that definitely helps. Um, so I try to communicate that as much as I can to even, you know, my coaches, you know, we're all first time coaches together. Um, the one thing is, is that when I recruit, I don't go out and look at scoring as much as I look at defense and tangibles, the little things. How are they as a teammate? What are they doing on the sideline? Are they coachable? You know, those things are really tough to recruit. Um, you know, unless you go to a practice and you really see some of their mannerisms, you know, with each other, with their teammates and stuff like that. Because I think a lot of the best teams that I've coached and successful teams that I've had weren't necessarily most talented, you know, in the regards to the scoring realm. I think they had all those intangibles, that work ethic, the little things that made wanting to make their teammates better. And when you have those type of players surrounding each other, something special can really happen. Um, so when you have the opportunity to to be able to see all those little things, you know, um, that are on the, on the stat sheet and they come alive to you and you see it in person, it, it definitely says that's the type of kid I want and I need on my team. So you're at Penn having a ton of success, having fun. Holy Family head coaching job opens. <laughs> Had you started to think, I'd like to try my hand again at running a program? Are you only interested because of family and stuff, if it's in the area, was this the perfect opportunity at the perfect place at the perfect time? It was the most, and I talked to family and friends about it all the time. It was probably one of those things where I was like, is this really happening? Did this really just happen? Um, you know, I respect so much of the people that have coached at Holy Family before. Um, you know, from Alyssa to Mark Miller to everybody, just watching them. So I had a chance to really watch this program continue. So for me, it was like, wow, could this really be my time to go back? Um, the one thing is Mike and I have had a lot of conversations, especially over the past couple years as my children were getting older. Um, and it was getting more difficult. You know, Division One and the Ivy League, I mean, once again, it's the tough. Ivy League. It is tough. A lot, not many people know about the rigors. Mm-hmm of the coaches in the Ivy League only having two full-time assistants, one volunteer assistant. I think 
when you, I mean, there's so many coaches that have like five, six assistants deep of being able to do scout. If, you know, we were just alternating scouts and it's, it is, it is a grind. If you want to do it the right way, if you want to do it the right way, um, you know, it's, it, so I give a ton of credit to every coach, obviously it, at the division one, two and three level, but Ivy league was definitely one of the most challenging pieces of it. Um, and, you know, I'm still waiting for that, that third coach to be, you know, officially accepted there because they, they need that. And, you know, I think that would just continue to help build such a great brand and for what they're all about, um, such a historic league. And, you know, but it's definitely, you know, comes across its challenges of like, you know, deciding, do I want to say this? I love this so much, but I love my family that much more. And I think when it comes to that time of realization, like, yep, I got to do it. You know, and I sat down with Mike and him and I, once again, being that family person he is, he gets it. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of just kind of like, you know, go ahead, go do it again. You know, and I, I, once again, I couldn't be with a person more perfect than him to understand my family situation and allow me to do things under him for, for 10 years um, to be able to be balance, you know, that work-life balance um, for one person who did get it you know, for me to be able to working for him was, was just special. And to be able to now do it myself, I'm hoping I can do that for my assistants with them understanding that um, that's such a priority for me. Do you feel any, I don't know if pressure is the right word. It's one thing to take over a program. It's another thing when it's your alma mater and you've had such success there. Was there any, uh, a little more white knuckle taking over? Like this is so important. Oh yes. Um, And then like, you know, the comparisons of Mike and, you know, making him proud and mentor. I mean, there's so many different things that come across and you just try to keep that all kind of in their own respective, Mm -hmm. I guess, um, spots. But coming into it, uh, I try to keep an open mind of like, just do what you can do best, you know, and just try to get these girls to play with that same love and passion you had for. Because I think when you have kids that can play with that love and passion for the game, no matter what happens, you know, um, you can you can do something special. Once again, I did it with a two and twenty six team, you know, enjoying that time, but then also, you know, having the success that we did. Um, so coming into this season, I didn't once again give myself standards, you know, or expectations, or we have to do X, Y, or Z. Um, and you know, Mike and I had a lot of talks, um, you know, and just his confidence in, you know, just just do what you feel is right, you know, just you know, just continue to to talk to them about winning the little battles and not you know, having the eyes on the wins and losses again. So it very much was reminiscent of the two and 26 year of like, just going in it with that mind of like, let's win the little things. Let's, let's get the alumni continued back involved. Let's win this, you know, get the community back, you know, like all those little things that I felt we can control. So once I just committed to that and just didn't focus on, you know, and people were telling me, Oh, you're, so you're, you know, saying my record. And I'm like, Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm trying to not really focus on that right now as much as, you know, you can't stay away from it at times. But I think for us, if we just continue to, just every day at practice talking about getting better each day. Commit to each other to get better at it each day. And I think once we just stayed focused on those things and not worried about all the other ones, everything will just take care of itself. Final question. Boil it down. Favorite part of being a basketball coach? Relationships. I mean, goodness. I mean, coming in my first week at Holy Family, um, sitting down with the seniors, you know, just talking to them about what do you want, you know, how to be satisfied, how do you want to leave your mark? Um, so starting with those first conversations to where we are now, it's just unbelievable, you know. And then through this year, 
the amount of alum that I've played with and coached at Holy Family reaching out to me. What can I do? What Once again, relationships. My team at Penn, the girls that I've coached there, you know, talking to me. Parents coming to my games from Penn. I, people just reaching out and just constantly. So just knowing that there's people and those relationships that you can build through the game of basketball. How special is that? You know, I mean, just the coaches that I've come across and met. Special people that are just doing it the right way. Just trying to take little pieces here and there from each person that I come across. I think without relationships, what do you do, what you do, and and how do you find that continued love every day to do it? So I think relationships are the biggest key factor, building them through recruiting, through your staff, through your, your team, through the people that you go to work every day with, through the other coaches you coach with in the same you know, same facility, um, but just, you know, and families and, you know, my family, you know, not not just only being a basketball coach, but being a mom, relationship with my, my children, being a good wife, being a good daughter, a good sister, a good friend, you know, just trying to make sure I stay as balanced as I can through this whole process is something I'd really, really try to focus on heading into this because bas- the, the coaching world can overtake you. It can definitely encompass you to really shelter all those other things out. So that was one thing I really tried to focus on and um, just made sure that relationships continue to mean my number one priority. Bernadette Lakaitis, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much. That will do it for this week's show. One-on-one is an original sports podcast from KYW News Radio. If you like the show and want to help us out, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And you can help more people find out about one-on-one by finding the show on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one-on-one pod, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon1060. Want to thank Bernadette Lakaitis, the head women's basketball coach at Holy Family University for coming on this week. You can follow Coach Lakaitis on Twitter at BurnLakaitis. My name is Matt Leon. Come back next week for another good conversation with someone you should know more about.